Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Last week, I went to a screening of the 7th of October atrocities committed by Hamas. Now, for context, I went at the request of a Israeli British friend who I've known for a long time. It was an IDF screening in Westminster with a small selected crowd, including Stephen Fry, various LBC presenters like Rachel Johnson and Nick Ferrari, and journalists from media organisations like The Sun. Now, I thought carefully about attending. Like most people, I have a serious aversion to watching people suffering horrible violence. And there is something innately unpleasant about intruding on people's last terrified moments. I've already watched ample footage of crimes committed by Hamas, but I am covering this crisis extensively, and I believed good journalistic practice meant I should attend. I did so with my friend Michael Walker, who you will know from Navarra Media, even though I obviously dreaded doing so. Now, this was an IDF screening, as I noted, and before the screening, a few people spoke, including Sir Mike, uh, sorry, Sir Mick Davis, businessman and former Conservative Party treasurer, uh, the IDF military attaché, and also, somewhat confusingly, the founder of Ted Baker, Ray Kelvin. Now, the purpose of the screening was made very clear that we were to bear witness, as it was repeatedly put, to the horrors committed by Hamas, but also make the PR case for Israel's onslaught against Gaza. A leaflet handout detailed what I would describe as Israel's official narrative. Uh, it used terms such as Judea and Samaria, which in practice means the annexation of the West Bank. Now, the footage was often deeply harrowing to watch, as I expected. Uh, there's a feeling of dread about what might happen, which never goes away, all the way through. Now, a significant amount I've already seen, it is in the public domain, a significant amount of it, and confirms Hamas committed war crimes, as I've always been aware of and been clear about from the start. As I said on Sky News three days before the attack, uh, sorry, three days after the attack, no cause on earth justifies the killing of civilians. A basic point of principle, which of course, I will always believe in. Now, the film consists of clips recorded in GoPros worn by Hamas, CCTV, mobile phones, and car dash cams. Spliced throughout is audio, which we are told comes from intercepted Hamas communications, which I'll come on to. Now, it was 43 minutes long. We were told that this was only a small glimpse of the thousands of hours that Israel has in its footage. But clearly, this footage hasn't been selected at random. You would expect it to be the worst material that they have. That's not actually a criticism. You'd expect any state um, to do the same. But a genuinely independent journalist or historian wouldn't conclude they could assess accurately the full nature of what happened on 7th of October from this selection. That said, equally, not all horrors will have been recorded. Now, all of the footage and audio in the possession of the Israeli state should be given over to independent journalists and professional analysts to build a fully accurate picture of exactly what happened that day. Now, this should not be regarded as a controversial thing to say. In any other circumstances, people would regard it as a very obvious statement of basic journalistic practice. Now, I understand why many loved ones do not want the footage released publicly, which must be respected. That doesn't mean, of course, that the material can't be confidentially shared. Now, the video begins by stating that 900 Israeli civilians and 300 Israeli soldiers were killed on the 7th of October. 
As I keep saying, Hamas and other armed groups committed serious war crimes. That includes killing innocent civilians and the taking of hostages, which is itself a grave war crime. None of my following comments detract from any of this. For me, the worst moment was two little boys and their dad running in their pants to a shelter and then a Hamas gunman throwing in a grenade. Their father is killed. They are injured. You see them traumatised. You see them sobbing, asking why they're still alive. And then a Hamas gunman callously takes a bottle of coke from the fridge in front of them while they sob and wail. Hideous to watch and will stay with me for the rest of my life. No question about that. You see terrified partygoers hiding in some sort of container and then many grievously injured and presumably killed after a grenade is thrown in. A group of unarmed soldiers, female soldiers, are shot dead while hiding in barracks, uh, even if they're soldiers, as the Geneva Conventions states, killing or wounding a combatant who, having laid down his arms or having no longer means of defence, has surrendered at discretion, is a war crime. As I've said, Hamas, I keep saying, committed terrible crimes. Some high-profile claims are not substantiated by this footage. We were told that there was a large-scale beheading, including the beheading of 40 babies. Now, in the footage we see, a dead soldier is beheaded, grim enough. I looked away, couldn't watch that. But not the same as beheading as a form of execution. The other, obviously, deeply unpleasant exception is an unsuccessful attempt to behead a dying Thai migrant worker with a garden implement again, hideous to watch. If living people were beheaded, otherwise, we are not shown that in any of the video footage. If there was torture too, there's no evidence given for it on camera. Now, if there was rape and sexual violence committed, we don't see this on the footage either. Now, a warning here for deeply distressing description, but a clip of an Israeli woman inspecting a badly burned woman's corpse to see if she was a relative. Um, she had no underwear. This has been offered as evidence of rape, but that's not what you would consider conclusive evidence. We don't see children being killed. Hamas don't kill those poor, those two poor little boys, for example, certainly not on camera. And I imagine we would have been told if they had been killed. Now, I am aware of someone at the screening who claims we did see children being killed. Um, this surprised me because the one thing I would definitely remember is the killing of a child. So when I asked them, they said there was footage of Hamas terrorists screaming at a young girl of around 10 years old. She was hiding under a cupboard or perhaps a table and then they shot her. That wasn't my recollection. I asked Michael Walker. He couldn't recall that either. So I messaged a US journalist who watched the same screening across the Atlantic and they said they couldn't recall this either. That beforehand, the IDF spokesperson explicitly said they would not see children being murdered. And then adds that there was a scene where someone hides under um, in a room and is found. It's not clear how old they were or whether they died because there's a lot of shadow and it's hard to work out what's happening. That's how they recollected it. Now, we see bodies, photos of bodies of children with their faces blurred. Again, horrible enough to see. If they had been intentionally targeted by, targeted by Hamas, that's not filmed. You do see, for example, on the other hand, a family dog being shot dead. Now, again, this isn't to say that none of this happened. It's just not in the footage which has been provided by the Israeli authorities. Now, maybe Hamas and other fighters didn't film such atrocities on their GoPros or didn't release that footage. Okay, but do also remember that the footage includes extensive CCTV and car dashcam video footage, for example. Now, the disorderly nature of the attack is underlined. At the Nova Music Festival, you see defenseless revelers targeted, while some Hamas gunmen urge bullets to be saved for killing soldiers.
one terrified reveller in a car is asked, are you a soldier? So there's clearly some distinction being made between civilians and soldiers in the footage, the selected by Israel of the thousands of, of, of hours of footage which we don't see. Now, how much you have that distinction between civilians and soldiers by Hamas, well, we can't therefore ascertain what the overall picture was. Now, my big question centers on what we are told is intercepted Hamas communications, which are spliced throughout the footage. And, you know, we are in one case told that um, a Hamas terrorist is ringing his parents on a victim's phone and that this conversation is recorded by a call recorder on the phone. Now, these are by far the most sadistic conversations that you will have, you will hear um, in the footage. We hear Hamas fighters ordered to behead people and play football with their heads. While the recorded phone conversation has someone bragging of killing 10 Jews on their victim's uh, phone, they say 10 Jews, on their victim's phone and then saying to look at WhatsApp to see the images uh, while you can hear his mother and father rejoicing in the background. Now, to be clear, that level of sadism is not reflected by the conversations you hear on the video. That audio should be verified. In this conflict, Israel has released audio of supposed intercepted communications whose veracity has been challenged by experts. Now, that there is, there is no reason not to release audio to independent experts because the privacy of victims is not compromised in that audio footage we hear. That is not to say that we don't see and hear very clear and hideous sadism, like calling dead civilians dogs, asking terrified and injured hostages as they're driven away for a selfie, um, um, general kind of rejoicing and, and, and ecstatic reactions, I suppose. As I'm sure you'll know, bodies dragged through streets and stamped on a spatter. I think those have been widely distributed in the public domain. Now, as I say, Hamas, all the members belonging to other groups, because it wasn't just Hamas who came over the border that day, unquestionably killed innocent civilians, defenseless civilians. For example, another example, uh, shooting an old man in his home through the window. Now, we don't know how all of the 900 Israeli civilians, the videos opens by saying were killed that day, how they were all killed, clearly. Um, I would note that some of the most shocking initial pictures we saw, certainly I found them some of the most shocking, in the aftermath of 7th of October, were bodies which were burned beyond any recognition. Um, but many burned bodies who were believed to be Israeli civilians turned out to be Hamas, in fact, 200 of them. Now, where am I getting that from? I'm getting that from the Israeli spokesperson, Mark Regev. Let's just have a quick listen. We had the number at 1,400 casualties, and now we've revised that down to 1,200 because we understood that we had overestimated. We, we made a mistake. There were actually bodies that were so badly burnt, we thought they were ours. In the end, apparently, they were uh, Hamas terrorists. What we're, what we're, uh, when with we make a mistake, we admit it. Short well, the obvious question there is who burned them and how? Hamas would not clearly have intentionally burned their own. Now, we need to ask how many were killed by reckless firing rather than by deliberate targeting. Um, you see reckless firing, of course, in the film. Now, to be clear, you should still hold Hamas responsible for civilians killed by the reckless firing of bullets, just as I would hold Israeli forces responsible for civilian deaths caused by the by the reckless firing of bullets. This is about establishing the full nature of the attack. How many died from crossfire or indeed Israeli forces repelling the Hamas invasion? Now, Israeli newspaper Haaretz has said that an IDF combat 
a helicopter fired at Hamas, but also hit some revelers fleeing the Nova Festival. Haratz has said there are two known events where Israeli civilians were killed due to Israeli fire. Uh, the helicopter incident in Nova and the hostage situation at Kibbutz Biri, where 12 hostages were held by 40 Hamas gunmen and in heavy crossfire between Israeli forces and kidnappers, 10 hostages died. And according to testimony by survivors, some died as a result of Israeli fire. But basic journalistic practice, of course, requires caution and sensitivity here, because I'm quoting from a Haaretz article, which rebuts completely misleading attempts to downplay what Hamas did, um, or indeed to suggest that Israeli forces are responsible for most Israeli civilian deaths that day, for which there's no credible evidence. If there are other examples of Israeli civilians dying because of Israeli fire other than those two, I personally haven't seen meaningful evidence offered for them, and we should be in no doubt that Hamas did kill hundreds of Israeli civilians for which there is no defence or justification. Some will go, well, why even dispute any of the original claims, for example, the beheading of 40 babies? This is to request the suspension of the most basic journalistic practices, when, as we are told at the beginning of the screening, the point of this exercise was to encourage us to use our platforms to defend Israel's onslaught, which is now believed to have killed over 20,000 people, around 20 times as many as were killed on the 7th of October, including eight, over 8,000 kids. And the 8,000 children, Palestinian kids who have been killed, alone is eight times that of the entire Israeli civilian death toll on the 7th um, of October, approaching 1% of Gaza's population has now been wiped out in the space of seven weeks. Um, it's extremely likely the final death toll will be many tens of thousands, and over 36,000 have been injured many grievously as well. Now, let me just read this from a Rolling Stone article describing a screening in the United States. Someone at the end, they say, yelled, show the rape, show the beheading of babies, the world needs to see it. He bellowed while leaving, shut up, go outside, a woman answered. Another woman angrily replied, he's right. Well, clearly they, as presumably supportive as Israel's onslaught, felt it was important for these details we've all been told to be substantiated on video evidence. It's not unreasonable to agree with them, as macabre as that is, because the reason we were told uh, that we were there was to make the case for Israel's onslaught against Gaza on the basis of what happened on the 7th of October. Now, we are told that unique and unprecedented horrors were committed by Hamas in order to justify the mass slaughter of many more innocent people. A particularly grim article which has been circulated um, is that Hamas is worse than the Nazis. And the basis for that is the footage which is offered up as evidence. This is not only insulting a historical evidence, it's perverse, it belittles the sheer horror the Nazis were responsible for, and particularly belittles the horror of the Holocaust, the, you know, the industrialised, bureaucratic, systematic attempt to exterminate all Jews, as well as millions of others classed as undesirable, on top of a war of annihilation, particularly against the Soviet Union. Now, at a time when the far right is on the rise, it is particularly dangerous to minimise these horrors. Now, there were some prominent cheerleaders for Israel's onslaught who watched the film, um, and they use their platforms to say it shows Hamas are worse than the Nazis. This is to tell citizens who will never watch the film to take their word for it, let their imagination run riot in order to conjure up emotions that build consent for what is happening to Gaza right now. And this brings me to what I think is the most important point. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 
Now, a supporter of Israel's war referred to a tweet by a right-wing American actor who wrote of how Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez witnessed the screening uh, and says, but while she's been vocal with criticism of Israel, she doesn't seem to have made any comment. This person added, same with Owen Jones. Owen saw the footage on Thursday night and apparently left ashen-faced. What did you expect? What did you expect? Did you think I was a sociopath? Is that what you thought? Did you think that I would be anything other than horrified and distressed at watching human beings live their last terrified moments? The root of my politics is a revulsion at human suffering. That is the entire point of all of my work. You might not believe it. You may have invented a perverse bogeyman caricature in your head of who I am, but that is the point of everything I believe in. The very point. Watching this film of horrors, and they are horrors, does not lead me to want to support other horrors. Watching innocent civilians being killed in Israel does not make me more likely to support killing more innocent civilians in Gaza. Indeed, several times over more innocent civilians. The fact that this is controversial, and I know that for those who supported this screening and its purpose find this controversial is absurd. Now, you have a choice when you learn of the horrors which humans are capable of inflicting against each other. You either allow these horrors to deepen your humanity or you use those horrors to numb your humanity so that you can be complicit in even more and indeed often greater horrors. This is a very basic and fundamental lesson from human history, which is never learned with a grave human cost. Let me give you one such lesson from another hideous conflict in my own lifetime. These are horrible details, so I apologize, but let me read them out. A reported massacre of 56 innocent civilians in which 21 women were reportedly killed, including three kids, one of them a 10-year-old girl, a three-year-old boy, and a two-year-old boy. They were reportedly stabbed multiple times, their throats were slit, their body parts mutilated, some were tied up with wire and had hands, feet and skulls crushed with blunt objects. Here is another. A reported massacre of dozens, maybe far more, in which civilians were rounded up, many of them repeatedly stabbed, their throats slashed, decapitated before being dumped into a mass grave. One man was soaked in turpentine and burned alive. In another case, soldiers shared a hot chocolate with a woman in her 60s who used a crutch, gave her a blanket against the cold before stabbing them both to death. Who am I talking about here? Who are these victims? These are Bosnian Serb civilians in the Bosnian War. And these atrocities were reportedly perpetrated by Bosniak Muslim or Croat forces. When we are told that what Hamas did is worse than the Nazis, where does that leave the wars of the Balkans, which happened within my living memory? Indeed, they hung over my childhood. I would note too that Serbs suffered genocide at the hands of the Nazis' Croatian allies in World War II, and that those killings were used to evoke memories by Bosnian Serb leaders of that genocide who argued there was an existential threat to Serbs and Serb either fought back or they would suffer the same fate all over again. There are echoes there. In the Bosnian War, it is estimated that 40,000 civilians overall were killed. Most were Bosniak Muslims, but 7,000 Serb civilians were killed. And that includes people who were raped and tortured before being killed, often hideously tortured. Bosnian Serbs, civilians, had genuine grievances. And they had grievances which indeed 
went back to the genocide perpetrated against them in World War II. But while everyone accepts atrocities were committed on all sides in Bosnia, and all figures, and figures from all sides were tried and convicted of war crimes, there was an understanding that the Bosnian Serb armies were the chief aggressors who committed genocide. The dynamics are not the same as Israel and Palestine. The history is different, but there are some echoes. Now imagine the Bosnian Serb army put on screenings of atrocities which did happen, which were committed against Bosnian Serb civilians, telling those attending to bear witness and to make the case for the military actions of the Bosnian Serb army. Would you consider that the right response? And it's not actually a completely ludicrous, well it isn't a ludicrous comparison, because the likes, for example, of Ariel Sharon, who became Israeli Prime Minister, had huge sympathies with Serb nationalism. A lot of Israeli nationalist figures, many of them on the right, did have, did see Serb nationalism as essentially something which they had deep sympathy for in the context of the Balkan Wars. And so I return finally to my point about how you either respond to horror by deepening your humanity or by numbing your humanity. Most of the great crimes committed by humans against fellow humans were not committed by sociopaths. It is true that in war, which the last Tommy, last surviving Tommy, Harry Patch, aptly described as legally legalised mass murder, sociopaths get an opportunity to live out their sadistic fantasies, but genuine sociopaths are few and far between. It is comforting to believe that terrible crimes are committed by unhinged outliers, exceptions, those with no soul. The truth is most terrible crimes throughout history have always been committed by those not unlike people you know, people you love, even people like you. The sorts of people who would otherwise cry at sad films, help elderly women across the road, feel grief and fear, and somehow become capable of the most hideous horrors. But why and how? It's that point at how you either look at horror, you see horror, and you deepen your humanity or you numb your humanity. You allow your humanity to be chipped away. And here's how I understand how the purpose of the screening can be used for just that. It is that when attendees see what is happening in Gaza, the thousands of innocent civilians, many thousands of little kids among them, as well as maimed little toddlers, newborns suffocating to death, and feel horror and anguish, and then we are meant to think back to what we saw at those screenings, to remember those poor injured little boys crying for their dead father, and then to wipe away the horror and anguish we feel about Gaza's innocence, so that we continue, we can continue to support a military onslaught which will take many more lives. This has happened throughout history, where you are encouraged to break down your empathy for the suffering of others by selectively focusing only on the suffering of some. I won't do that. I'm not going to do that. Those two boys I keep talking about are no different to me than the kids being knowingly killed by an Israeli state which openly says it is targeting for damage, not accuracy, whose leaders use openly genocidal language, the latest of which, many examples, is the Israeli finance minister who says two million of the West Bank citizens are Nazis. Well, there's an two and a half million or so Palestinians living in the West Bank. That is no, that then, or, you know, the kids, the kids that are, are, who are in the crowds in Gaza, repeatedly fired at by Israeli soldiers, as reported 
by Sky News this weekend, or indeed the dozens of Palestinian kids who were killed in the West Bank by Israeli forces and or settlers this year before 7th of October had even happened. Those behind the screening would rightfully regard even one of the killings of Israeli civilians which I saw as intolerable. I did. But 20,000 dead Palestinians, many thousands of them children, that's entirely tolerable. Well, there we differ in our responses to the horrors which we saw. I know that Lance Foreman, the former Brexit Party politician, has been inviting journalists to watch the screening that I went to, to add them to the guest list. Now, he tweeted, let's go for the new option in Gaza. It's enough. We can never make peace with people who did this. He later claimed he deleted... Uh, he then, sorry, he deleted the tweet shortly after, and he claimed he did so because he realised his words were badly chosen. One way of putting it. And he says, by nuke, I meant annihilate, and I was referring to Hamas, the people who did this. Uh, the speed of my first response was a visceral reaction to seeing someone beheaded with the garden tool. Horrific. Well, nuking Gaza, a tiny strip of land no bigger than East London, would in practice wipe it out to leave it uninhabitable, it, as well as killing a lot of Israeli civilians, it should be said. But you see, he marshaled the horror of what he saw, I saw that too, to support an even greater horror, what would be in practice mass nuclear extermination. Hundreds of thousands of Palestinian civilians would likely die in the immediate bomb hitting and then the aftermath, as if it would be possible for a nuclear weapon to do anything else. I'm sure he's not completely illiterate when it comes to what nuclear weapons do and what they are. Throughout the tortured history of our species, Horror at atrocities has long been used to build consent for yet more atrocities. I left that screen and yes, as reported, ashen-faced, horrified, disgusted, repulsed, and more determined than ever to spare innocent people from violent deaths and suffering. That should be your response too. So again, to circle back to the start, Hamas committed serious war crimes, grave war crimes, and you should not be any doubt about that. A proper understanding of exactly what happened on the 7th of October, is necessary. Doesn't detract from that fact. No cause on earth justified crimes committed against innocent civilians. And those crimes don't justify collective punishment and the mass slaughter that the people of Gaza are now suffering. Please like and subscribe. Do share this video if you wish to get my interpretation of the screening out. You can always keep the show on the road at patreon.com forward slash if you wish to. And listen to us on the podcast. I'll speak to you soon. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.